welcome to the Zadzooks Happy Hour, a podcast providing commentary on the latest in film, TV, games, and comics. My name is Todd Stoll, and I'm joined by 25-year veteran reporter covering pop culture, video games, and technology for the Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski. So, hey, man, what's been going on the past couple weeks? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing? No. Gardening injury. Isn't that the worst? It's like it's not even, you, can, you can't even really give anyone a really cool backstory. No. But on the other hand, my wife can't get mad at me because I wasn't doing anything stupid. It wasn't <laughs> like I was climbing a tree or playing football or something. But isn't it still kind of stupid that you tore your meniscus while you were gardening? <laughs> I, you know, well, I had the injury before. It was always been there. He just finally said, you know what? You're done. I've been, you know, I've been running for what? 10 years now, eight, nine miles a week. Yeah. No problems. Yeah. So it just happened. Oh, man. Uh, so we're uh, back with uh, Sports Psychology and Injuries. Yeah. And your host. After, what is it, like a three-week hiatus? Because I think one week I was sick. Oh, that's right. With you the were, plague floating the around. Plague. And then two weeks of you uh, recuperating. Yep. So we have a lot to talk about. What should we start with? What should we get into? Oh, I you feel- saw some really... I saw some cool people. I, I met some really cool people and hung out with some really cool people. So um, let's talk about that. First. So yeah, I since there's a new there's a new season of a really crazily hit show. It's on this network. I don't know if anybody's heard of it. It's called AMC, yeah. and it's a, it's a little um, uh, it's a it's a graphic novel series that I don't think a lot of people have heard of, but I really enjoyed called The Walking Dead. I'm uh-huh. not sure if anybody knows that, and. Um, that little teeny tiny TV show donated uh, some of the props to the Smithsonian Institution's collections, and I was on hand for the donation ceremony and spent some time with Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus and uh, Lenny James, who plays Morgan, and um, Denai Guerrera, who plays Michonne as oh, well. Good. So you've got like this cool interview you can do with them, right? We're going to hear an interview right now. Do you I wanna, can't wait. Do this you want to know? Awesome. Do you want to know what was so weird about it? Sure. Was that they? I've never really quite seen a lineup like this. So, so after the ceremony, which was great, like I got a ton of photos. We'll put them on zadzookshappyhour.com. You can check them out. They're great. Um, Norman Reedus had a field day with this thing. He couldn't have been happier. He was. Um, He's apparently like a huge Fonzie fan from Happy Days. And of course, since it was donated to the American History Museum, that was like his first stop. So they took him over so he could check out Fonzie's jacket. And what they donated into the collection. So so first of all, not only were the four cast members there, but also Scott Grimes. Uh, or I'm sorry, Scott Gimple, who is... Scott Grimes. I don't know why. Scott Grimes is from another TV show. It's fine. He's Rick James' brother. He's Rick James', Rick James brother. Rick um, Grimes' brother. Yes. Um, he is... Uh, he's the showrunner and, you know, executive producer. Yes. Um, Greg Nicotero really wanted to be there. Was, like, really upset because he's, of course, or, like, his But where was he? Had a family matter. Oh. Couldn't make it. But was, like, super devastated that he couldn't be there. You had the CEO of AMC and then a bunch of muckety mucks all, all at AMC. So um, what they donated into the collection was Herschel's Herschel Green's severed head, which you and I which had I seen, have seen. You and I had seen before, right? Um, Daryl Dixon's crossbow, cool. Um, Michonne's katana, yep. And uh, Merle Dixon's uh, amputated arm contraction with a knife on the end. Nice. Of it. 
Um, additionally, um, from the pilot episode, uh, you had a bust of the bicycle walker. Yep, cool. Um, who Rick sort of is looking at and spending a lot of time looking at because he doesn't quite understand. You have the outfit from the very first walker that they interface with. It's a bathrobe and um, little bunny slippers covered with blood, which is cool. interesting. You have um, Carl Grimes' outfit from the whenever I guess they run into him. And when you first meet Glenn and he's the pizza delivery guy, cool. they have his outfit too. Yep. So the reason I don't have audio, it's the stupidest thing. I've never seen it before. They lined it up like a red carpet, but they didn't have them um, like go from uh, press junket to press junket. They just kept pulling them out and around to different places. So it, was, it wasn't like they were going to all come to you. It, and and this one well, guy. Well, how do you get them? You had to be obnoxious. Yeah, and it was that's ridiculous. And it was weird. So, I spent a few minutes with Andrew Lincoln just talking to him because there weren't many people there. And at one point, everyone had talked to him, and he was just sort of waiting for the rest of his crew. Right. Um. So super nice guy. A little short. I was not expecting him to be that short. He looks. All these action stars are tiny are midgets. Yeah, they're tiny. Yeah. Um. Norman Reedus, as I said, just had a blast. At one point, after they uh, inducted all the things into the Smithsonian's collection, he goes and he picks up the crossbow, and they're like, no, 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 no. you got to put your gloves on. you got to put gloves on, because, of course, now it's the property. Right. It's federal property. Sure. And so he just doesn't understand it. He's, like, holding it, and then finally they get his gloves on, and he's holding it, and then he grabs Herschel's head, and he's holding it like a bust in front of him, like he's like a thespian. Yep. He is having a great time. That dude looks like he would be pretty fun to hang around with. Yes, I agree. So then what I thought made the whole event was he was still really poking about the Fonzie's jacket, and he said, well, you, you know, I've got Herschel's ponytail and some Walker blood in my fridge at home. Do you guys want it? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we want it. He's like, cool, I'll trade you for Fonzie's jacket. Right. And they looked at him, no. He's like, well, then you're not getting it then. <laughs> so Funny. It was great. Um, as I He's said, cool. unfortunately, the way they did the line, and it was it was like the AMC sort of um, press person. I think it was just, it was it was kind of a weird way because we were in an area of the museum that was, it's closed for renovations. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they could really kind of do the red carpet. Um, but it was really, really hard to, to get anyone just because of the way they had everyone lined up. And plus, like, one local TV station basically just shoved everybody outside of the way to try to get it all. So Awesome. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. But was um, there a buffet? There were, yes, it was eyeballs and spaghetti squid, and you had to close your eyes and stick your hands in it. No, there was no buffet. Oh, well, then. But the, the thing that I found the, mo- the most interesting is after I left, the museum was open, and everyone was oblivious to what was happening. No one had a single clue wow. that that the main cast or most of or some we're of the cast around. were in the museum doing stuff. Wow! So it was pretty cool. There's maybe like thirty to fifty people there, and that was it. It was awesome. So I've got really great photos. We'll post them online. Um, it was a lot of fun. Super nice people. Okay. Um, you know, it was a pretty short ceremony, but still, Walking Dead. It was cool. So okay. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was great. Wish I could have been there. I should have been there. Yeah, I know, man. You were I only be had there. one leg, though. I know. It doesn't work. So we can jump to another topic, and then Joe's done a bunch of interviews that um, we want you guys to listen to. Um, I have a prop here that um, 
I had put a request in for a while and didn't... Um, a didn't deluxe think... replica quality prop. Yeah, deluxe replica quality prop. This is from a company called Spirit Halloween, and they have produced a... Oh, are we going right into this? Yeah, I think we just right, do go it. Ahead. I, they, they produced a mm, 70 to 80% size proton pack. I wouldn't say it's 100% screen accurate. There, there's a ribbon that's much wider in the film. They have a little bar that sticks down. Um, the lights and the sounds are not the same. Um, but it's still pretty cool. Is uh, this licensed and authentic? It is. Uh, it's licensed. As far as you can tell? From, as far as I can tell, it's licensed okay. from Sony because it's got, if I pick this thing up, which, by the way, does not weigh very much because it's primarily made of plastic. It says, well, now I'm looking at it. It says copyright. I don't know. It is made in China. I mean, it is made in China, but it's got the Ghostbusters branding on it, and they wouldn't they wouldn't get that unless they um, they they had the rights to do it. Right. So it's you know it's not one that you would see like a hardcore fan walking around a Comic Con or anything like that. But compared to the little pack I had as a kid that was made of plastic and had holes in it and wasn't very good, it's. Pretty nice. Um, it's I think you could get away with that easily at any upper level costume party. Oh sure, people would love it. So it does make noise. I'm going to I'm going to turn it away because it's really loud. And so as it's going, you have lights, lights. That are lighting up on the wand that are lighting up on the cyclotron. Um, this goes for about 15 seconds or so, and then turns itself off no that's cool and how close is it to the real sound not i mean the the, well no the way that it starts up no there's no starting up mechanism but it's 69.99 right that's pretty good and that's a pretty decent quality you could definitely get shoved up against the wall and it's not going to crack it's a hard plastic it's got a foam core (laughs) on the back where you install the batteries as i said it's like a 70 to 80 percent sized pack a lot of things are maybe oversized but i mean it's i don't know it's pretty sturdy yep so i mean all in all that's pretty impressive that you're seeing um what i what i am really enjoying and i don't know if you've been seeing this because i know you you have a pretty vast collection of pop culture memorabilia but people are just they're they're more um apt to hand out um licensing to building props and toys and I, I definitely have seen an explosion of different companies building different props and, and just having a, a huge array of items for various brands. You're seeing Stranger Things right now, which is like a huge, uh, there's a huge momentum around the season two, which comes out next Friday. Obviously, Star Wars, there's a, a, a Novos who does like the full Darth Vader outfits for like 1500 bucks. They do a jumpsuit and they do a real Sony uh, mastered replica proton pack. Um, I mean, it's really impressive. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you see the prop pulse rifle from Aliens because a lot of people have been asking for it. There's a lot of stuff from Blade Runner that's coming out. It's just really cool to see that these movie companies are starting to be a little bit more open with issuing licenses for official products because... You're definitely getting and seeing way more stuff than I think I've ever seen come out in the past for any of these brands. Which too is, much. 
in some ways, yes, it's too much. Who buys this stuff? I, I mean, mean, who in God's name would buy this stuff? I think if you uh, now, there's a. Di- I'm not talking about that. I That's, think I think if they made more items like that that were in the sixty dollar price range, right. for kids who were fans. I think that's that's pretty solid. I think the toy one that I had that was all plastic was probably that amount when you bought it at Toys R Us. Right. So if they did more of that stuff and they made better quality, even, you know, like Stormtrooper outfits, you see some of the stuff that even they sell at Target and it's pretty decent right. quality. Right. If it's a low price point and it's decent quality, not 100% replica, but a good enough quality, I think it's a great deal. What I don't like is when you see action figures that are like the same ones that we looked at that are the size of the Star Trek ones that are, I don't know, maybe seven, eight to, to seven to 12 inches. And they're going for 500 bucks. Yeah. And they don't even look accurate compared to some of the characters. I mean, that, that's brutal. That to me, it's like, who's going to buy that? Right. Um, so, I mean, obviously, if you're an avid collector for some of these things, sure, but. Um, it's a lot of work, and I can't imagine they recoup a lot of money on these things. That's why Mattel kind of went belly up on their... Um, Maddie brand. The Maddie brand, because there was only certain people who were buying it, right? myself included, but right. you know, it is what it is. So, I don't know. Cool. All in all, I like it. I think it's pretty good. For, for 70 bucks. that's a pretty good deal. It's definitely something that you'd get a lot of comments going door-to-door trick-or-treating or doing a costume party. And I don't think you can go wrong. Now, if he just had a movie. That was good. <laughs> a new movie for a new generation. Uh, yeah. I'd be rocking. There's a cartoon, right? I don't know. I heard there's a cartoon. Um, but no, I think it's pretty decent. I mean, otherwise, if you were to get a screen replica build, it's about 2500 bucks. So I'd take that one for 70 no problem. Yep. So pretty nice. Nice work. Um, they really came out with some cool stuff this year. So hats off to Spirit Halloween. That was really cool. So All right. two thumbs up for that. So we'll come back. You've got a ton of stuff to go over. I don't have a ton of stuff. you got a lot of don't stuff. Say, I don't. You do. We're going to do a couple of haunted horror You're attractions. You're supposed to talk it up and make it seem like it's oh, jam-packed. Is that how that works? Jam-packed. Now that we... Because we don't want to lose them. Just, I mean, they're, they're already long gone. Oh, the Percocet. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. Communities Digital News. Built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com, that's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com, and support the next evolution in news. <clears throat> Welcome back. Okay, so I went down to Dozewell, Virginia for King's Dominion's Halloween Haunt, which I've not been to in a while, um, and it was a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun because it's like a mini Universal Studios. These guys... Um, they give you seven haunted mazes and five scare zones. They've got these roaming shows. You'd be kind of happy. There were some uh, ghouls walking around with a band playing Ghostbusters, which was and, and it was a um, marching band playing Ghostbusters. That's cool. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. So there's actually a video of it on my um, review on the Washington Times. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And there's this thing called, if you pony up the cash, called Skeleton Key Rooms. You get a really cool skeleton key, and you show it off at these kind of like shack enclosures that are around the scare zones, um, and I'll go in that in a minute. So, so here's here's my quick rundown on the mazes. Okay, um, most favorite to least favorite. There's one called Corn Stalkers, where you walk through a um, corn 
field, corn maze, and the the um, ghouls look like part of the corn maze. Mm. And they have gunny sacks on, and they jump out at you. So you don't really know they're you there. You don't really know they're there. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Their new one this year is called Blood on the Bayou, and it's uh, walking through a um, plantation mansion and then going into a Louisiana swamp. Very slick. Liked it a lot. Didn't like it as much as what used to be in that place, which was Club Blood, and it, that was a vampire hangout, which was awesome. Nice. Um, next one that I did like was Zombie High, where you walk through a high school filled with the undead, and um, a lot of nice little touches there, including um, walking through a gymnasium that's holding a prom, which is pretty neat. Is, is it just full of zombies? Yeah. But are there people who are not zombies? That's right. Oh, that's cool. And there's a um, room full of hanging jock straps, which is probably more terrifying to some people than anything. Yeah, I was going to say, that's that seems disturbing. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tollway of Terror. Um, you know those antique car rides yeah. like at Disney? Yeah. Okay, so they do it that way, except there's werewolves and witches hiding in the trees. Like real people? Yeah. They're actors. They're scare actors. No, they're real werewolves. No, no, no. I, what I was saying was... Is they it, have a mixture. Was they it, have, was it they animatronic? Have, they have some animatronic werewolves. They have right. some real ones. They have some chainsaw guys. They have some witches. It's great, right? I thought like King's Dominion was supposed to be like very like little kid friendly because they have like well, a little kid area. Where they are they do doing have this? A little, like a, they have like a peanuts area. Yeah. Yeah. So They close that all down at night. Oh, because it's yeah, only at night. Right. Okay, okay. Uh, the Inn at the Dark Side Manor, it is like American Horror Story Hotel kind of thing. Nice. Like there's a, you walk through a bunch of bed areas, uh, rooms. There's some guy that was sitting on a bed trying to pull out some guy's eye, which was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> if you're into that kind of thing. Is uh, he screaming the entire time? Of course time? he's screaming. Oh, that's intense. Yep, he's screaming. Uh, trick or Treat, which I really loved which was a um, kind of mansion full of witches. So it was, um, once again, really well done. These guys do really great Victorian-type style houses. Nice. All right, I keep going. Blackout, which I didn't like, was literally a maze in the pitch black. You walk mm. through, and it is, though the people I was with were fascinated and scared by it more than the other stuff. But you spend your entire time with your hand in front of you trying to feel where to go next. I mean, how long could you end up stuck in there? Well, I don't know. People would push you from behind, so you'd know, you know, as the, as the crowd I mean, I guess through. if you were really annoyed, you just take out your cell phone and turn the light on. and Right. And it's got one of those annoying things, and I, I don't know, you haven't seen these, but it's a blow-up piece of plastic. It's like a bladder where you have to walk through the bladder in the middle to get through it, and you have to push through, and there's wind resistance hitting you in this giant bladder. <laughs> that sounds really it's really gross because you all you think about is the people that came through before you because your face is getting squished and you're mm. yeah that's not good and then lockdown which is a um walk through a dozewell state penitentiary overrun by zombies it's not as good as what was there before which was outbreak area 51 which was like an alien-esque kind of escape nice. that was better nice okay skeleton key rooms so you've got these shacks right you walk up to the shack there is a ghoul or creature in the shack and you have to do solve a puzzle before they'll let you out so like one of the puzzles was there's a dead body laying on a slab you have to one of your party has to reach into the dead body and pull out the correct organ before the ghoul agrees to let you out. That's pretty gross. 
There's another one where there's like 20 phones hanging from the ceiling and you have to pick up the right phone and listen and get the combination. And then you got to get out through the combination and there's some guy hanging out there being a pest. So what happens if you, like, do you have a time limit? There's a time limit and the ghoul will help you if you get stuck. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, what else do I want to say about it? Uh, there's a fast pass you can get which I highly recommend, especially with the Halloween time right upon us, especially Saturday nights. Uh, but Tollway of Terror is not covered under that fast pass, and the lines get super long, so you might want to think about going there first. Mm. Uh, that's probably so did all you, you Did need. you have fun? I did have fun. Oh, the other thing you got to worry about is the fact that you're probably going to walk about four miles around the park over and over again to find these things. And some of the rides work. So some of the ho- the roller coasters are rocking also. That's cool. So anyway, uh, I would definitely consider that on your list. You've got a couple of weekends left to deal with this. Do, 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 do they stop it at Halloween or do they go into November? They go right into Halloween and that's about it. Mm. So, so you got... So what's it cost to go? It's like 40 bucks ticket at... You basically, if you play the price of a ticket and you go there... You stay the night. You got the. You, you, it's part of it. Okay. So it's a good thing. Yeah, that's not too bad. It's a, it's a great deal, and I think the. Um, I don't know what the fast pass is. It's another thirty bucks, I think. Yeah, but, but if you don't have to wait in line. Right. Yeah. Okay. The other place I went was to Markoff's Haunted Forest, which is in Dickerson, Maryland, right outside of Poolsville. The most terrifying part of that that experience is trying to get up there and not get caught by a speed camera. So that's the first thing I'm warning you guys right now. So how many? Tickets did you get? I didn't get any because I was very, 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 very aware that there was going to be a problem up there. Because okay. I often drive into that Damascus area. Mm-hmm. But beware. So anyway, here's what's great about this place. It is a um, scaring for a good cause. The Brothers Markoff have put this together and they have a family nonprofit project called Kaliva, which allows students to go on summer camps. So what they're what you're paying for is to allow students to do stuff like that which is awesome got it so that's good um there's two haunted trails that are about 20 minutes each and there is a ghost town that they drive you to with a tractor a tram on a tractor Mm. which is pretty impressive because before you get to the town you got to walk through a cornfield again and walking through a cornfield at night with the moon out is just spectacular okay um the thing that that's interesting is they've got like a hundred scare actors there. They're all in makeup, and I actually was able to interview the head makeup guy. That's cool. And we talked to him for a while. Cool. So what you got to remember is we've got two trails and great makeup, and this guy's name is Chris Knowles, and he was a blast to talk to. All right. Well, let's take a talk listen. Talk to him. Yeah. We are here with Chris Knowles from um, Markoff's Haunted Forest, and he is the makeup manager and spends most of his weekends preparing roughly 100 ghouls and creatures to get into the forest. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, about 100, 120 in two hours. Tell me a little bit about what that's like and what your strategy is and how you're able to turn out that many other than, obviously, I don't even know how much time you have to do that. Is it fun? It 
it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. We put. I think the first thing I start off with is training the staff well. Um, so we have like a half day intensive training where we're using like airbrushes and helping them all out with the skills. Um, and then on the actual night, we we're using airbrush, which is a really quick way of getting colour down and details in far quicker than trying to. You know, you can spray someone's face white in literally, you know, 10 seconds, as now, opposed to trying to use creams and that. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, I've been the manager here, I'm trying to think, all in all, it's about seven years, but I mean, I've been an artist always, you know, so it's just like another medium doing it. Has it always been in makeup, or you're more of a graphic designer, or? Yeah, I'm a graphic designer and photographer, um, that's generally where my experience right. so how do you make the decision one day that I'm going to paint faces rather than canvases um, it was actually my wife there you go she didn't just decide for me but she worked here and she said come and check this out this is great fun and I came one year just doing the makeup there uh, and the following year the manager left and they said, do you want to try doing the role? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's give it a try. And, and off we went. How much freedom do your underlings have on creating faces? Do you like say, I need six vampires, 12 undead, 12 witches, or how does that go? Uh, it, the trail managers decide kind of what scenes are full of people, how many, what types, whether they're... Uh, and then the actual artist, if they come up and they're like, I'm from the church, for instance, and they have a book that's got full reference photos but they're only a basis and I think having them having their freedom is what keeps their creativity alive and their enjoyment in it you know I'm not too strict and the only thing I'm strict on is that we have to turn each makeup around in 10 minutes wow and if we can do that we've got 11 artists and if we can keep a pace at like 10 minutes per makeup we can get through the whole 120 and plus on each artist uh, we have 11 artists, but one of those artists each night does a two-hour makeup, so they really get to stretch their like special effects right. skills and produce something really beautiful. What would be an example of a two-hour makeup job that well, you remember? The, we had one if you watch Game of Thrones, yeah. and the I think he's the... Pardon me, fans of Game of Thrones, he was like a, a witch king, I think. White King. White King. White Walker King. King. There you go, thanks. Yep. Uh, so he had these horns and he's got this like muscle textured face. Uh, and Madison Pizer, she she completed the makeup four hours. She actually came in two hours early, airbrushed it, applied all the prosthetics, but she spent like about another 20 hours of her own time creating all the horns and sculpting that. And so people really invest a lot of their own time and you know they're putting hours and hours of prep into this, and then they they do it for the night, sure. and it's it's wonderful what we have. The end result, it's amazing. So how frustrating is it to do all these fantastic detailed makeups, and then stick these guys in a pitch black dark forest, <laughs> where you, whereas an average attendee, I'll never even notice some of the work. No, you, you know what I mean. I'll get yeah, a yeah, yeah. and out, yeah. in your face and out. Yeah. And that's often like at the, the thing while we kind of keep it to 10 minutes so they can't because you can easily get lost in yeah. detail you know at the people at the front circle which are about 30 people per night they're in the front circle they're well illuminated so we can see all the detail there and they have often a little bit more detail like we had one year I was just laughing to uh, 
another veteran that works with us like three years ago we had one that was had prosthetics applied with like bubbly boils and mm -hmm. everything and it was a huge undertaking we bit off quite a large chunk because I still were trying to do makeup in 10 minutes right put these boils all over people's faces airbrush them and to make them look realistic which they did but it's um yeah we a lot of the attention goes to the front circle and then the trail we kind of keep it uh, as good as we can get within 10 minutes. Sure. Know. And what's what's your favorite part about being part of the Markoffs experience each year? Uh, I think, I mean, working with the Markoff family, they, you know, they have a very much can-do attitude. So if you're like, oh, I've got an idea how we could kind of, like, implement this or up the quality or make this faster, they're like, we'll give it a go then. And they're very much up for kind of, of doing that. Uh, one example we had... Uh, about six years ago, we we also run a camp, Kaleva, which is this is a fundraiser for the Kaleva camp, and we had a huge storm and it wrecked uh, three of our war canoes, no, two of our war canoes, huge thirty-four foot canoes. So we had all these busted up parts, and Al was like, mm, "We could do something with these," and I'm like, "I think we could use these to make another one." He's like, well, "Go on then," and like two years later, we'd made. Our own canoe, 34 foot, a mould, and now we've made three of them. Wow. You know? And we didn't, I knew nothing about boats or anything, but they've got that, like, gone, and if you think you can do it, we'll get behind you and you can do it. And I think that creates amazing, brings out the best in people. That's you know? great. Yeah. Thanks for your time. See, wasn't that fascinating? That was pretty cool. They, um, they have about 10 minutes to get these guys, each one of these actors, and they use airbrushes. And they just spray paint the crap out of them. Yeah, I mean, they were sort of... It sounds like a lot of TV shows are starting to do that, too. Especially when they have so many people in prosthetics and, and in makeup. Right. It's just like quick airbrush and go. So they, they, they do that, and then the manager allows to have one of the actors get a special makeup job. that It'll usually take an hour, and they'll do a lot more extensive stuff, mm. which is cool. All Good. right, so anyway. Cool. So, uh, Ghost Town, I wanted to mention, is really great. Because it's Western themed, and you walk through like a town jail, doctor's office, a uh, house of ill repute, general store, and a butcher shop. You're gonna walk by uh, a uh, full sized meat grinder with a girl in it, which is <laughs> nice, which is always interesting. And then there's some surprise at the end with some guy who sounds like Curly Joe from the Three Stooges screaming at you before something happens. Anyway. I also got the inside scoop on this place from the marketing director, Miranda Olson. So I got yet another interview. That's two to zero. Crushing it. Yeah, dude. Nothing. Dude. You couldn't even get a guy to sneeze into your microphone. Dude, do you have any idea how upsetting it was for me not to get an interview? I mean, next, I got to talk to the guy. Next time, I am going with you. Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to donate any Flash more stuff. That, yeah. So. Flash that press badge. So right. anyway, here's Miranda, uh, and here it is. All right. I'm here with Miranda Olson, who is the marketing and public relations manager for Markoff's Haunted Forest, a yearly attraction in Maryland that people seem to really like. So can you tell me a little bit about what the Markoff experience would be for someone and what kind of traditions you guys have set up here? Yeah, so I, I love Markoff's here. I love it. You get to this beautiful farm. And, and the middle of Poolsville, which is already a nice rural town. It's a beautiful drive. 
You pull up, there, everything is so well lit, beautiful ticket booth. You walk down, we have a huge front circle where you have bonfires, concessions, games, plenty of things to keep you busy for hours. Um, we've got our two trails that are awesome. They have about 13 scenes each that are revamped, redone for this 25th season. And then we have... 25th season? Yes, it's really? our 25th year. Yeah, it's a big one. Awesome. Great. We have an yeah. anniversary. Yeah, so our 25th season, we also have the town, which people know as our hayride. Um, but we've kind of changed it up a little bit. So now it's more of a, you take a trolley out to our old Western themed town and you get to walk through that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a pretty awesome place. Pretty awesome experience. So tell me a little bit about the trails. How, how long are they? Um, what can you expect in them? Not giving away too much. Yeah. Um, the only thing you can expect in the trails is the unexpected. Okay. There is a dabble of everything out there. Anything that you could imagine, every fear that anybody could have is out in that trail. Um, they're about 35 to 40 minutes long, depending on how you're walking. I mean, there's no real like set pace. You don't have to follow along in a line at a certain pace. So people will go slow. People will go fast. You have about 35 minutes typically to get through the entire attraction. I mean, we've got all kinds. We've got clowns. We've got vampires. We've got witches. We've got cave people. We've got loud heavy metal music with people jumping around. And we've got just about everything you could imagine. Can you, now that I know it's the 25th anniversary, can you tell me a little bit about the origins of Markov's? Yeah. When did the first haunted, what was the first haunted forest? So what's funny is we actually didn't start as a haunted forest. Okay. It started as, as a haunted bus. So the three brothers, they were very outdoorsy guys. They love being outdoors, exploring. And they were like, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to have a summer camp. And at the time they were like, we don't have any money for that. So... They took the bus that they were living in, they decorated it, made it spooky, and parked it on the side of the road and started charging people to come through and get scared. Okay. So after, I want to say, a a couple years of that, uh, they ended up making enough money to, first off, fund Kaleva, which is the outdoor education program that we, uh, we fundraise for. And then they bought their first property where they started the first haunted forest. And then from there, they grew too large for that property, and then we moved out to this farm. Okay. Yeah. And it's been ever-growing ever since. Yes. Every year, there's something new, something building. We're actually a working farm as well, so all of our concessions and everything are from the animals that are on the farm, vegetables and everything that are grown on the farm, everything. What would be new this year for the 25th anniversary, without giving too much away? So... We have two major scenes, one on each trail, that are ground up, brand new. We have our circus scene, which we have totally revamped into 1920s vintage black and white circus, and it is beautiful. And then we also have our new village scene, which is on the other trail. And uh, it's a quite, quite a big span of our trail, and it's awesome. Everything you could imagine in a Viking village, they included. Oh, wow. Spectacular. Now, let's talk about tips. I heard um, from some attendees that it gets very busy here and, like, packed. Yes. What would you recommend visitors do to get here and not deal with such crowds? And maybe it's even too late for that. Yeah, so if you don't want to wait in the long lines and you don't want to wait a super long time, the best best advice that I can give is to come here early. When we open our doors at dusk, you get in if you get in quick like if you get in quickly you'll get your number early and you'll be able to get in there faster. Um, as the night progresses, 
things start to get backed up because if we've got 100 people coming in the door in five minutes, but we're only letting 40 people into the woods in 20 minutes, you know, so it's, if the earlier you get here, the better off you'll be. And so I think that's why we've incorporated our front circle to have so many different attractions so that sometimes people will wait a long time. And we want to make sure that everybody's experience is still fun and engaging and there's things to do so you're not just sitting around on your phone. And finally, tell me what your favorite scene is, my if you can. My favorite scene. Or favorite part of the town. Um, I think my favorite scene would have to be... You know, it's funny. I think my favorite scene would have to be the junkyard that we have. So it's, it's kind of unique in the sense that it doesn't necessarily play on a fear. It's kind of a, what it sounds like, a big pile of junk with loud music and flashing lights. But that's actually where I got my start. I started acting in that scene, and it's just been a love ever since. It always hypes you up when you walk through it throughout the night when spirits are low, and it's a good time in there. Congratulations on 25 years. Thank you. And thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, so See, what's what's the next AMC show that could go into there? So they've done... Preacher? Preacher would <laughs> Breaking be... Breaking Bad? I, I think Breaking Bad's already in, so okay. is Mad Men. And now The Walking Dead. Preacher would be cool. Yeah. Because, boy, if we got Seth Rogen, it would just be a bunch of... <laughs> but, but we need one more season, right? It's only uh, been like two seasons, that thing. Yeah, it just, I don't think Preacher is as popular as the other ones. No, not at all. I'm just trying to think if, uh, you know, he, here here's what I don't quite get. How come there's no more really good vampire shows on TV? They Because they exhausted the genre. They pummeled people with vampire shows. And but it, as think... soon as True Blood took off, there was all these stupid butt vampire shows shows all over the place but don't you think that the walking dead is going to start suffering from that too with like all the zombie movies and just i mean zombies for some reason seem to have a life that yeah shelf life but i'm really excited for two shows i don't know if if you're excited about the second one so stranger things comes out next friday or week from today but the final trailer for the punisher on netflix looks oh so i did spend some time watching daredevil and catching up, uh-huh. and that second season of Daredevil is really the best um, adult comic book drama on TV. Period. I don't know if you watched it. Uh-uh. You have not watched it, so how can you get excited about it? you? Don't even, do you even have Netflix? Yeah. All right, you've got to watch the second season of Daredevil. All right. Oh man, it's absurd. John I mean, Bernthal is amazing he, in that. And he just compliments that cast. Well, the fact that they've given him his own show, yeah. and the show looks amazing. Yep. I mean, I'm very excited. There's a lot of really good TV coming. And I finished Flash season three finally. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, man, is it good? It's a great. It's it's sort of a really nice balance where a lot of stuff is streaming that would never make it right. to film, um, and. Speaking of film, I watched Spider-Man Homecoming. Man, what a great movie. Let's go over that next week. Well, that's because it was Marvel run. Boy, they got that down. Marvel's got the formula. Yeah. There's no I mean, Thor Ragnarok is gonna be a party. Yep, yep. People are saying that might be the best Marvel movie to date because of how fun it is. Right. Which is hard because Guardians was so good. It was. But um All right. Man, I'll tell you, there's a lot to talk about. That was a jam-packed show today. Jam-packed. So I'm going to go strap on my plastic Ghostbusters proton pack and run down the street. Scare your kids? Run down the street and 
Kiss, Actually, get a be, small cat. That would be great kids. if I like kicked the door in in the middle of the night and was just like, <gasps> and then fired it. I actually had to dress up as Darth Vader one year for a birthday party. And you, this kid was so excited because someone was going to show up as Darth Vader, and guess what happened? He freaked out. He absolutely lost it. He freaked, started screaming and crying. And I really didn't even do much anything at that point. So you did your job then? I did my did job. You, did you put the black eyeliner on underneath the... Black eyeliner? No, well, man, I had a Don Post original mask that didn't need that. Nice. It had the eye... Covered? The eye covers, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Still have that? I sure do. Yeah. Sure do. Yeah. You yep. got your Stormtrooper helmet, too. That That's my, right. My kids bring Keep up every now and it. then. Yep. So cool. But we digress. Yeah. So what are you, what are you going for as Halloween this year? Are you going for? What am I going, going for? for an injured? Going for cash. That's going, what I'm going yeah. for. <laughs> Trick or treat for UNICEF. Yes. They're gonna. St- <laughs> Kids will need to pay me before I give them anything. Yeah. Well, I hear you. I'll uh, be pumpkin carving on Saturday. If you know, if you need to know where I am. Uh, no, but just thought I'd throw that, that out. That sounds great. All right. Very good. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Hopefully next week. But hopefully I don't break anything. You know. Yes. No guarantees. No guarantees these days. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.